What if you could hear from leaders in school systems all over the U.S.? We're not evaluators. We're educators. We're teachers. And so we want to take what we saw to inform our practice. So we create a really safe environment for the teacher that was being observed and all of the other teachers in the room to share freely and openly about what makes really quality best practice teaching. People who are creatively solving problems and making strategic decisions as they work to hire, retain, support, and grow teachers and staff. They, they feel more confident in letting people in, in talking about teaching in rich and meaningful ways. From superintendents to principals, from human resources to instruction to special education, we're talking with people who have stories to tell in K-12, and we're sharing those conversations here. Every teacher from the pre-service teacher to the 20-year veteran teacher says, I have room to grow too. From Frontline Education, you're listening to Field Trip. My guest today is Sarah Hayden. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Sarah is an instructional coach at Gresham Barlow School District in Oregon. So basically, we lie about 20 minutes east of Portland proper, and we have 18 schools within our district. Like I often say, we are too small to be big and too big to be small. (laughs) It's a mix of rural, suburban, and even urban communities. Sarah is one of four instructional coaches at the district, and she serves elementary level K through 5. She and her colleagues serve at the site level, working one-on-one with teachers, but they also work at the district level in curriculum adoption, support, district-wide systems, and things like that. We wear many hats as coaches in our district because, again, we're too small to be big and we're too big to be small. So just like all of those districts, our resources are stretched pretty thin. They may be stretched thin, but Sarah and the team she's a part of have come up with some pretty interesting ways of providing job-embedded, collaborative, classroom-focused professional learning. Well, Sarah, we are here today to talk about something you're doing at Gresham Barlow called Collaboration Walks. Tell me about that. What, what are they? Yeah, Collaboration Walks was something that we started in our district Um, about three years ago, to really promote teacher voice, teacher agency, and teacher professional growth. And so what we do is on a given day, we get about 10 teachers together. And what we do is we explore different classrooms around all of the 11 elementary schools in our district. And then teachers sit together and talk and collaborate with each other about what what they've seen in the classrooms and how they can take what they've learned and, and really internalize it to promote them and their professional growth. What led you to starting these? Yeah, we originally had a, um, a support person from the chalkboard project that came out and did learning walks in our district. Um, what happened was the state of Oregon, we were all kind of charged with um, revamping our evaluation system. And so one of the ways to calibrate the evaluation system and our new rubric across all the spectrum of the educational system that we serve in Gresham Barlow was to get teachers familiar with the new rubric. And so she took teachers around to look at um, other classrooms and view instruction and then talk about it with that lens of the rubric. And what we decided to do as coaches when we were charged with continuing this work is we really wanted to revamp it. We wanted to have the rubric, our rubric, be a model for professional growth and not just evaluation. So we took all the numbers away from the rubric. And what we did was we used the rubric as a common vernacular to talk about instruction in a way that was meaningful, in a way that was safe, and in a way that promoted growth 
um, for teachers. And so we even rebranded it. Instead of learning walks, we called it collaboration walks and really talked about how the collective voice of the teacher in the room is the knowledge that needs to be shared for um, everyone to grow, not just something that's top down or something that, you know, we as coaches teach them. It's really like a collaborative way to talk about teaching. It sounds like these are are different from a typical classroom observation or walkthrough, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We often start the collaboration walks with a quote by John Muir. And the quote says, I only went out for a walk, decided to stay out until sundown. For going out, I was really going in. And so we talk about how this is a space to be revitalized, to be inspired, and to really internalize what you're doing after you see somebody else's practice. So it's not in any way to say what that teacher that you saw did well or what they didn't do well, but how you could incorporate what they what they did or how you can change your own practice to, you know, based on what you saw. And it's really an internal process to learn. Sarah, can you describe the process for me a little bit in, in a little bit more detail? If, if I'm a teacher and if we're about to go on a collaboration walk, who's there? Where are we, where are we going? What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. So like I said, there's usually about 10 teachers that sign up and um, the signups are, are pretty exciting. We, we put out a collaboration walk and usually teachers sign up within a day, a day and a half. We have all of our slots full. And what we do is we meet at one of the schools in the morning. And we talk about our goals for the day. Like, what, what do we want to get out of today? How are we going to be reflective? How are we going to move forward collectively? We introduce everyone because usually we have teachers from every different grade level um, representing, you know, a smattering of schools from across our district. So we introduce everybody there. And then what we do is we focus in on two or three of the different standards within our rubric. And we talk about what does best practice with student engagement look like and sound like in the classroom? What is best practice surrounding discussion and question techniques look like and sound like in the classroom? What is setting purposeful intentions for students look like and sound like in the classroom? And in a collaborative way, we really come out with what is what is best practice with these indicators, these standards really mean? And we investigate that together. And then we go into, we go out, we go into the classrooms kind of with this um, lens in mind to look for these specific items in the classroom and how they play out with students. Teachers go in, they bring their cameras, they talk with students, they work alongside teachers, and we're in a classroom from anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes and we observe. And then what we do, and the most exciting part of what we do is after we're in that classroom, we come back out, back to our room and we sit and we talk and we talk, and we talk about teaching. We talk about what I do in my classroom, what you do in your classroom, what we observed in the teacher's classroom that we saw. We keep it really safe and non-evaluative. We use sentence stems um, that just say, this is what I observed, this is what I saw, this is what I wonder. And through this process of collaborative discussion really comes out some amazing points about how teachers are gonna move their practice forward. Sarah said that these conversations that take place after the collaboration walk are where much of the real work and real learning happens. Again, it's all about teacher voice, right? And it's all about that teacher reflection, right? How do we stimulate teacher reflection about what they're doing in their own classroom? 
And how do we move their professional growth forward after having this collaborative experience with their peers and in this teacher's classroom? And so, yes, that's where the that's where the magic happens, if you will. (laughs) I asked Sarah what it was like the first time they took teachers on a collaboration walk. Right, right, right. That very first time, you know, again, we set it up very, very purposefully to be about them. Right. And we say it to them multiple times. This is about you and your professional growth. And at first it was kind of difficult for teachers not to say, I liked this. They did a great job with this. You know, if it was my classroom, I would do this to purely talking about teaching and to see how within the first five or 10 minutes, teachers were really able to engage in a really rich discussion about practice and what it meant to them and what these indicators meant to them. And our goal was to change the vernacular from the rubric being something that the teachers brought out, um, you know, when during their during their evaluations, when they wrote up their goals, to actually having it be a tool to talk about best practice. And the good news is this started, this continued even after the collaboration walks. Teachers were talking in their classrooms about best practice. Um, teachers were collaborating. Teachers were using the rubric as a tool for instruction, and we kind of demystified the whole idea of evaluation and kind of made it more meaningful. So um, it was, it it has been an evolution from, you know, that, like you said, the genesis, that first time we started to where we are now, but it's really been a fun journey that we've been able to collaboratively walk alongside our teachers. It sounds like it. And and I'm, I'm curious, as you talk about the rubric and you said you focus on three areas of the rubric, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that. What rubric do you use? Uh, d- does that matter? And, and how do these all fit in with your evaluation process? Great question. Um, we use the Charlotte Danielson rubric, which is kind of, um, she's been a bit of our inspiration, right? There's a story about Charlotte Danielson where she's in a classroom and she's teaching and um, she's doing a lesson on buoyancy and the kids are making boats and floating boats and the administrator comes in and she sees all the students or they, the, the administrator sees all the students working and turns to Charlotte and says, Charlotte, I was going to do an observation, but I'll come back when you're teaching. And Charlotte, Charlotte was aghast by this comment, you know, what do you mean when I'm teaching? What do you think I'm doing <laughs> in this moment? And so when she created her rubric, she never intended there to be any numbers associated with it. Her book is actually entitled Talk About Teaching, which has been our inspiration. How do we use the rubric as a common vernacular to speak about teaching in a collaborative way? And so, like I said, she's been a bit of our inspiration for this entire process. I think it doesn't matter if you're using Charlotte Danielson, if you're using legends, if you're using a different kind of rubric, you know, even an internally made one within your own district, but using it not just as an evaluative tool, but as a tool to talk about teaching, I think could benefit everyone within the school system. How many years have you been doing these collaboration walks? This is the third year that we've been doing collaboration walks. And um, I honestly think they get better and better every year. Um, One of the things that we do at the end of the collaboration walks is we have our teachers kind of create a commitment letter, right? Um, Because in Gresham Barlow, we really feel that professional development should never end with a one and done session. And so we follow up with teachers and they follow up with themselves. So they write themselves a commitment letter about what inspired them today, what they want to change about their practice, what do they want to, you know, take back into the classroom tomorrow, 
or next week or next month. And then um, as coaches, what we do is in a couple weeks, maybe even a month, we send them their commitment letter that they wrote to themselves just to kind of reignite and to re-inspire their work and to continue what they learned to hopefully put it into practice. Why do you think, as you've been doing these for, for three years now, what is it about the structure of what you're doing that makes it effective? Why do these work? Yeah, um, it is 100% teacher-driven, teacher-centered, and the whole entire goal is to elevate teacher voice across our system, right? So we want to put the power in the hands of the teachers. And we have amazing teachers in Gresham Barlow. The caliber of the teachers in our district is amazing. And if you get some like-minded individuals in a room, we can solve the problems of the world. And so I really think that by allowing teachers the time and the space to do this, it elevates everybody in a way that's really, really meaningful. And that's why I think it's been so successful because it really has been about meeting the teachers where they're at and helping them continue on their personal journey, whether they're a first year teacher, whether they're a veteran of 20 plus years in our district, Every single person in that room has an entry point and has a way that they can support their colleagues through collaborative conversations. Do you lead these walks personally? Yes, myself. And then there's uh, uh, three other colleagues that um, support them as well. We have two at the secondary level and then myself and my partner, Samantha, lead it for the um, elementary teachers. So there's two coaches and 10 teachers in every walk. When you're about to lead a collaboration walk, what are the things that you do to promote them, to bring teachers in? And then what are the steps that you follow as you walk teachers through it? Right. We have great support from our district. Our district allows for the 10 subs to release the teachers from the classroom. So that's that first step, right? And so teachers sign up. We um, use the coaching relationships that we have established in our district to ask teachers to open up their classroom for us to come and observe. Our walks are themed, so um, we have a little hiker mascot. We provide trail mix and protein <laughs> snacks. And again, that John Muir quote kind of frames our day. Going out for a walk is really about going in, intrinsically motivating teachers, going in and being reflective about their practice. So once we all meet together at the school, we usually visit two to three schools in a day and see between four to eight teachers in a day. Um, we usually do a pre-survey of the teachers to see, hey, what do you want to learn about today? Which of the standards from the rubric are interesting to you? Are you wanting to see um, which subjects specifically would you like to um, see on that day? So then we can again use what our teachers are wanting and asking for to support their practice and try to find teachers and standards that meet their needs. And then we sit down and we do that whole morning where we really talk and kind of frame the day about professional learning. We collaboratively discuss and kind of dissect each of those professional growth standards that we're focusing on for the day. And then we go out and we walk and we see and we observe. And after that observation time, we come back and again, that's where the magic happens. That's where we collaboratively discuss what we saw, what we observed, what we wonder, what we notice in a really safe, non-threatening way. We're not evaluators. We're educators. We're teachers. And so we want to take what we saw 
to inform our practice. Um, so we create a really safe environment for the teacher that was being observed and all of the other teachers in the room to share freely and openly about what makes really quality best practice teaching. Do teachers like these collaboration walks? <laughs> I would say so. Um, I remember this last year, we opened up a sign up for a collaboration walk on a Friday afternoon, probably around 3.30, right when teachers are getting done with the day. And, uh, you know, my colleague, Samantha, and I said, wow, you know, hopefully we get some participants, some participants, even though we opened up on a Friday afternoon. And um, my colleague checked on Sunday, and we had already almost doubled our participants that we could hold in one walk between Friday afternoon and Sunday morning. So, and we have wait lists of teachers that want to come on the walks. So um, it is something that is pretty exciting. And again, from what I've heard from teachers, we collect feedback at the end of every session. How can we meet your needs better? How can we make collaboration walks better? And we hear time and time again, how they left inspired, how it was something that, you know, they can't wait to do again. And um, it definitely, they said it meets their needs 100% of the time. So um, it's really exciting to hear that this particular practice is making an impact for our teachers. That's great. So what have you seen across your district as a result? Have there been really noticeable effects that have come out of this? One of the things that I've noticed in our district that it's created a shift in our district's culture, right? Which is really, really positive to see. Going in and observing another teacher, having somebody come into your classroom can at times be very nerve wracking and stressful for a teacher. But knowing that it all comes from a common place of professional growth, teachers are now, you know, they, they feel more confident in letting people in, in talking about teaching in rich and meaningful ways. And every teacher from, again, the pre-service teacher to the 20-year veteran teacher says, I have room to grow too. And so it's this continuous learning that is kind of, you know, infiltrating our district. It's again, building this culture of trust. And I think, again, one of the major things that we've seen is it's really demystified that evaluation system and that rubric. And again, shifted the, the vernacular from this is about evaluation to this is about teacher growth. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Looking back over the past three years, how have you refined these over that period of time? Is there anything that you do differently now that you from what you did at the beginning? Yeah. Um, well, again, at the beginning, it was a learning walk. You know, there were numbers associated and teachers were evaluating other teachers. And it did. It kind of felt a little unsafe and a little messy at times. We learned a lot from our chalkboard facilitator who was brilliant. And what we decided to do when it came into our coach's lap is we decided we, we did a complete rebrand. <laughs> And that's where the collaboration walk name came in. That's where our little collaboration mascot came in. And that's where we really kind of started centering in on, you know, it's about the teachers and their needs. And it's about how we can support um, teacher voice um, in a collaborative way to talk about teaching. Talk a little bit more about the things that you've done to make these safe for teachers. Oh, yeah. One of the big things that we did um, to make it safe for teachers is really at the beginning, taking some time to set it up. This is about your professional growth. This is about you being reflective practitioners. And then another thing that really, really helps is those sentence stems, right? 
when you come outside of a classroom, you are, you know, some teachers are super excited and I loved this and this was amazing and this was so great. Or you come out of the classroom thinking, you know, I wonder why, why they, or how they, or what they, um, and so you, you as a human being, as you're viewing whatever you're seeing in the classroom, you're making judgments, right? And so how do we create a space where teachers can talk about it in a non-judgmental way? And so the set and stems really promote that because when we do, when we deconstruct the standards, we say, what will you hear? What will you see in the classroom um, as evidence of this standard? And so then we're coming up with what we will see here, etc. And then we come out of the classroom, those are the exact same stems that we use to discuss it. I noticed, I observed, I saw, and even that I wonder, I wonder what this teacher did prior to this lesson to set their students up for success, things along those lines. And I think now that we've been doing it for three years, um, we also leave a little gift for all of the teachers who open up their classroom and a thank you note and some feedback about what teachers are taking away as a result of them opening up their room. And um, so the teachers that have opened their rooms get a little bit of feedback and know how appreciated they are and specifically what the teachers took away from them um, that they're going to put into their own practice. Sarah Hayden is an instructional coach at Gresham Barlow School District in Oregon. Sarah, thank you again for talking with us today. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate the time. Did you know new episodes of Field Trip are released every two weeks? Don't miss a single one. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Field Trip is a podcast from Frontline Education. Frontline's industry-leading software is designed exclusively for the K-12 market. That includes Frontline Professional Growth, a holistic solution to help educators manage the entire educator growth cycle in one system, including employee evaluations and professional learning, and provide tools for educators to collaborate online. For more information, visit frontlineeducation.com slash fieldtrippodcast. For Frontline Education, I'm Ryan Estes. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.